Get ready to be mind blown. And now for today's hashtag lane hack with just the tip. Run, don't walk your way to simplepassivecashflow.com and sign up for the Hooli Pipeline Club and get it on the deal flow. So I have Dana Dunford on the line from Hemlane, very big into tech, and I thought you would have some good recipes for this app called If Then Then If. So one way I use this, you know, if you're coming home and or if you're leaving work, you know, your phone knows where you are GPS wise. You can send an email to somebody saying, "Hey, I just left, I just left work," and then it can say, "Hey, I'll be here about this approximate time." Do you have any other cool hacks similar to using this technology? Yeah. So the if I, by the way, I love that app. I actually use it for all of my um, real estate articles, which lane is how you come up um, that, you know, if it's this day, which is Sunday, my day to read real estate news, then send me all of these articles. um, Right. So that's a good way to use it just from a high level. As far as a rental property level, um, you would do those types of alerts on um, all of your maintenance and repairs with your rentals because that is something the maintenance and repair side is where your costs are not fixed, right? Every single month, hopefully you have a steady cash flow of income and you've factored in for vacancy, but on the cost side, maintenance and repair is huge. And so having some sort of if-then um, statements about, you know, if I have to get this um, particular appliance serviced multiple times, then send an alert to this particular person. If um, a tenant is moving out in this particular case, then here are the different things that I need to check. If it's past a certain date, if it's before a certain date, don't do it. Um, but you can use these really simple statements to set up all of the alerts associated with your maintenance and repairs to make sure that you are on top of um, what is going on. Um, another good example is um, in your maintenance and repair that I'm thinking off the top of my head is a lot of times maintenance when something happens, the root cause is something else. And I'll give you an example. If a tenant says something needs to be painted, you know, a lot of times if they, if it, it's water damage or something like that. And so there's actually a leak and mold. So being able to use these if then statements to really understand what the root cause is and fix that and reduce your maintenance and repairs, or at least be able to budget for them in advance and have some preventative measures makes a lot of sense. So the real estate investor at home is sick and tired of working with his rentals and he wants to improve their quality of life. What are some ways you incorporate this into your personal life? How ways you're using this stuff? I have alerts on everything um, through Hemlane. So there's not a single thing that I do not have an alert on. So for example, no news is good news for me. In other words, you want to minimize the amount of time you spend on that property, but also make sure that you've mitigated all of your risks. So no news to me is good news. I'll have a weekly update of everything going on um, with my rentals without ever having to check that. I just know that there's a weekly email that I've sent out to myself of here's the maintenance, here's the rent collection, here's this. If I want to check it, fine. But those if-then statements are crucial um, to say if something goes wrong, then alert me. So for example, if a tenant has not confirmed that they want to go to my property showing, but they've scheduled it, then I get a text message that tells me, 
you might want to follow up with this person, right? They haven't confirmed it's two hours beforehand and um, they haven't confirmed that they actually want to go to the showing. I don't want to waste my time or the agent's time on the ground to actually go out there. And so this if then is really to say that you set these if then alerts so you're not alerted and you're not wasting time and you're not getting a bunch of emails when things are going well. But when things are going poorly, then you get an alert. I also do it with all of my leasing. So if a tenant does not click on my email, then I send them an automatic follow-up. Up. And so if they say, hey, I'm interested in your property, when can I view it? I send them an email that says, great, you know, here's when we're showing the property, sign up for showing. Then I have an if then that says, if they haven't clicked on this email or opened it, I need to send them a follow-up. And then I automatically send them another follow-up. And then if they haven't if they haven't clicked on that, then I get an email that says they haven't clicked on this. They're not taking action. Maybe I need to call them or send them a text message. If then is really used for alerts of an action needs to be taken by me or a local licensed professional for the rental property. But no news is good news. And so it really helps me sleep at night that if I don't hear anything, it doesn't mean that something's going wrong. It means things are going right. When I got smart and sold my primary residence to start investing in investments that actually made sense, whoo, I needed a place to diversify quickly as opposed to some money market or some high reward checking account. Let's face it, turnkey rentals are cool and syndications are great, but they don't come around often. I stumbled upon the American Homeowner Preservation Fund. The owner, George Newmary, once apartment syndicator too, is now sponsoring the podcast. His fund cuts the middlemen out to crowdfund the solution to the mortgage crisis in America. They are empowering you to fund the purchase of distressed mortgages and earn returns that smoke any other passive fund. If you find something else better out there, let me know. Oh yeah, they work with families to keep them in their home after buying the underwater note at a huge discount. It's an opportunity to make an impact on families and communities while earning returns. Start investing with as little as 100 bucks in investinahp.com. If you want the free Burn Zone book, please send me an email at lane at simplepassivecashflow.com. So what are some quirky personal things, nothing to do with real estate? Let me think about that. Because I use I use them all the time for my real estate news. I guess one thing I've been using is you know followupthen.com, uh, you know sending myself emails every September or whatever for John Doe's birthday reminder. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I think a lot of it actually personally I use it a lot for email. I get way too many emails right now. So I use all the if-thens to file everything away. So if it's property-related, it goes into this folder. If it's related to news and education, um, it goes into this folder. And then, you know, if it's um, related to, you know, personal life, it goes into this folder. And that way, from an efficiency standpoint, when it's, you know, 7 p.m. at night and I'm ready, ready to look at personal emails, I go through those versus my real estate folder I'm going through every single day helps me be able to utilize my time much more effectively. Right. That's a big industrial engineering concept that you pull this stuff as opposed to this stuff is just pushing, pushing, pushing into your inbox and you just get inundated with stuff. Um, I, I have some tags on my Gmail where I'll have um, a folder that says during the weekend when I have a long focus time or another folder that is at home, just like needs to get done at home every, like, you know, without fail. And also have some folders for bank statements uh, waiting for um, a lot of, I follow a lot of the GTD, getting things done by David Allen methodology. 
Yep. And, and one of those things that, and then the book, um, you know, seven habits of highly effective people. I think those, those types of um, processes and mentalities change your life of saying, what should you be focused on? You should be focused on the big picture and the things that are going to change. Um, you know, it's that those quadrants, those four quadrants of should you focus on the stuff um, that's urgent right now or the stuff that's urgent but needs to be done in um, four months. Those types of things um, are, and, and saying, no, you're actually supposed to focus on the things that are in the future, but really high value. Those are the types of things that really change how effective someone is with their real estate investments. And so instead of focusing on the day-to-day every day, focus on the big things, like what's the next big property you're looking at? What's the, what are the macroeconomic trends happening in the rental industry? Focus more on those because it's going to make you, from a cash flow perspective, a much more valuable and successful investor than someone who's focused on just the small little things. From the perspective of value, I keep a spreadsheet which says basically from every single task that I do, what's the ROI on that, right? And so I really focus on the things that are really going to drive my business versus focusing on a bunch of the small things and having a checklist of, I need to get through my inbox because that's a checklist. That's probably one of the most ineffective things you can do. So using these if-then statements to make sure you're focusing on the folder of the things that really provide value um, makes a lot of sense versus going through your inbox and saying, I've got 20 items and I have to do them all at once. Um, There's actually a really good thing I use called Trello. It's free to use. And it's basically task management. Um, And that's been crucial because I have one column that essentially says these are the tasks that are high reward, big, long term things that I need to do. And I focus on those and then all the small tasks I put somewhere else. But I know those small tasks are only when I have five minutes here or there, but I focus on the bigger tasks. Call those snack work activities, you know, those. Exactly. We're taught that you're supposed to do anything you can do at two minutes, just get it done real quick. Because by the time you file that email or or do this and then include the time that you need to start, oh, what did I need to do? You should have just done it. Exactly. These snack size, 10 minute to 20 minute activities or, you know, plus or minus 10 minutes. Yeah, those are good things to do. Yeah, and that's where you can use technology to do it. It just files it away so you don't even see it. But then if you have a five-minute break, you can talk, You can go through a bunch of those right away and get them done. If you're on your car ride or anything like that, um, if you're on your commute, you can go through all those um, smaller items. Yeah, another um, label I have that you might want to try is like when I'm freaking tired, tag, you know, those small mundane tasks that don't really take any energy that you can be doing when you're talking to Aunt Susie or just Friday afternoon when you just have no energy at the end of the week. Yep, absolutely. Um, And I'd even say I use it in my day-to-day of just being smart about what I do and when I do it. So not only how much time do you have, but also, for example, like I don't go to a grocery store on Saturday and Sunday between noon and three because the lines are so long and all of that. You know, I do that at eight or 9 p.m. when no one else is there, right, to get things done effectively. And so I think knowing what the task is, when it is, and then also trying to minimize the amount of time you're either in traffic or in lines waiting um, just makes you a much more effective person. Right. And park it. Park away from the uh, building so you get more exercise and you don't hit your car and then less headache. Exactly. All right. Anything else that comes to mind, Dana? 
I don't think so. Lane, this is great. Proceeding Lane Hack was approved by Lane Kawaoka, an efficiency and productivity expert, traditionally educated with a BS in industrial engineering, masters in civil engineering and construction management, and professionally licensed engineer in Washington State, with over a decade of infield experience, supervising construction crews and managing over $100 million capital projects in both bureaucratic public and corporate private sectors. And by the way, every situation is different, and remember to think for yourself.